What's up, everybody? You are listening to Contemporaries, the podcast. This is season two. Yeah, we've been gone for a while. Um, a few updates, a few changes. Um, for now, it's just me, Daryl. Um, Kyle is no longer a part of the podcast with her blessing. I continued it. So we're going to get straight into it. This episode, we have a good friend of mine, um, Ian Solomon, um, a Detroit native, although he left and became an L.A.-based um, <laughs> photographer, um, funny person. Um, I honestly think he is um, one of the most... Um, interesting people on Twitter to follow. <laughs> some people have even, like, um, some friends of ours have even expressed that Ian's the reason they still have Twitter. <laughs> I don't know if I want that on me. That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, hi Ian, how you doing? I will I'm ask the question as you're sipping tea. <laughs> um, as we do. Um, <laughs> but I'm doing great. Good. I am doing great. It has been a month back in the city. Right. And, and now you're leaving us again. I am leaving again, but I will be back um, Good. probably sooner than I even know, to be honest. Look, I mean, you... Okay, so you came, so you came home early... Uh, like mid September. Yeah, September nineteenth. It's been a month today. Oh, so it's actually been a month today. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah. So you came home and you've literally just been popping out work. Yeah. You just like you I remember when you told me you were coming home and then I think like a day or two later I saw you post that you were like, Let's let's shoot Detroit and I saw like your the the likes the retweets and the comments just pile up in numbers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Ian ain't gonna, Ian, Ian's gonna be working the entire time. And, yeah. <laughs> how, how has it been? I mean, it's been amazing. It really uh-huh. has been. I mean, I was only supposed to be here for three weeks, so I should have left. Oh, so um, you kept pushing. So when you bought your ticket, did you originally just buy a one-way ticket? I bought a ticket to leave October 10th. And oh. I think it was literally, I, I had only been here probably a week and a half, and I realized, like, I just got the energy. I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave October 10th. <laughs> like, like I'm just gonna stay here. I was like, I have to stay here. There is just literally too much to do, and right. it was um, it was really like I just feel really inspired here. Right. Like I mean, it's Detroit. Like come on now. So okay, I find it interesting, right? So as someone, like both of us did college at some degree outside of Detroit, mm-hmm. and then we came back, and like you left after you came back, and I'm consistently in this space, like okay, I want to get the fuck out of Detroit, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> And I'm just like that, that. The fact that you said you felt really inspired when you came back is, mm-hmm. I feel like, partially the reason I don't like I can't gather the energy to leave. <laughs> I mean, and I think, yeah, I, I think me leaving and coming back has shown me because, especially since the first time I left was Arizona, right? So I mean, that was just devoid of all like real black culture. Like there was nothing to hold on to. You know, right. I'd never left before, so I didn't know like. I didn't know really what Detroit was until I left Detroit. And when you left Detroit the first time, what year was that? Um, that was 2015. Oh, child. Yeah, so you left right, 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 right in the early stages of digital gentrification Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, then you came back and it's just like white people galore. White people galore. But the thing is, I went to actual white people galore. Right. And so, even though I was like thinking about Detroit gentrification, I'm like, there are so many fucking white people down here. But man, after Arizona, it was just like, I couldn't do anything but appreciate just right. how black it is here. Just how much 
just genuine culture. Like it just feels so raw. And um, you know, not to not to knock Arizona, you know. I mean, you were there for some time. But I was there for some time and you know, it's a newer state in that sense. You know, everything's very new. Um, and the culture itself, the dominant culture, you know, black isn't the dominant culture right. in any sense. There's no community that's black. There's no block I can point to that be like, oh, Those, that's black. where the niggas at. That's where the niggas at. And, <laughs> you know, you. I thought that that at least coming from Detroit, you know, I had no conception that a city, a major city wouldn't have a large black population. I right. honestly was, you know, I saw that there was a low black population in the state of Arizona, but I was just like, you know, it's a city though. Right. Um, but all the black people are pretty. There's a lot of black people. They're just spread all across this valley. So to come to Detroit where it's so centralized mm-hmm. and there's just it is just so raw and so like it's just so powerful because right. it's, it's all here and it's all within like a 10 mile radius. Right. right? Um, and that's just something that I don't think, you know, I've, I've spent time in Arizona. It's been time. D.C. was really fun, too. Um LA's nice too, but Detroit it is. It's Detroit. Detroit is it's Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> so since you've been home. Um, I know that you worked with Martine Tini mm-hmm. with the Museum of Bad Bitches. Yep. <laughs> How, I, first off, so Martini lives upstairs for me. Um, I love her and her energy. Mm-hmm. And just like, she is, she's a D girl. Yep. Through and through, like her language, the way that she like carries herself, like her, like everything about her just screams Detroit. And I love it. Mm-hmm. How is it working with her? Um, it is really fun, actually, because she has a very particular idea in her mm-hmm. head. Um, and it's so succinct. And so it's like sometimes it was like it wasn't going to work right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she, she get a little frustrated. And I'm just kind of like, you know, we're going to make it work. We're mm-hmm. going to make it work. Um, but she knows exactly what she wants and she sees it so clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really fun for me because typically in my photography, I'm the creative director stylist you're everything I, i'm everything um so that was a fun experience to have a, a creative team. director to have a hairstylist to have a makeup person um you know some of the girls were you know professional models so to be able to just do what i do um best even though i love creative direction don't get me wrong but um to be able to just sit there and let her kind of direct through me a little bit more right. and it just it was amazing. It was really fun. Uh, it made me realize how much I want to, um, how much I love photography because I was like, okay, this is something I haven't really done as much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something I want to do more of because this was this was fun. And we, of course, I was shooting Detroit women, which are it's my favorite subject. I mean, <laughs> it's again Detroit like, black women. It's just beautiful. It's it's, it's 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 my favorite subject. So yeah, that that was a great time. Um, I love working with Tini. I hope to again. Yeah, nice. So. My introduction to your work was a... At the time, I didn't know the title of it. You were doing these beautiful photos of black people with um, this adornment that made it look like they were crying. So I think it was originally Brianna mm-hmm. with Ashia. I don't remember, was it glitter or something? Or something iridescent. It looked like she was crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when I was like, okay, I like this nigga. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like be a little stalker. I'm a follow. <laughs> we gonna see what's good. Um, and then I started following you more. I started seeing more of the work. And then, if I'm correct, it was like you niggas need to cry or something like that. Y'all niggas, um, it's y'all niggas don't cry. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like a critique. Like it's kind of like y'all niggas don't cry. Like you know, it's kind of one of those things where, um, <laughs> it's a critique of people because it's like. Why aren't you crying? Why aren't you expressing? Um, it was one of those things where I was kind of working through myself because honestly, it kind of started just because I 
didn't cry, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I wasn't, you know, I would think that somehow I was emotionally intelligent. But I literally probably went six, seven years without crying. Oh, wow. Yeah, like without a tear leaving my eye. I'll cry at least twice a month. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, now I'll cry. Now mm-hmm. I'm a now I'm a crybaby. But like, um, you know, for the longest, it just it just wouldn't leave. Um, and I mean, even in like, what was it like early 2018 um, when I was in Arizona? I lost my mind in Arizona. But like, <laughs> you know, um, the I've I've heard stories from multiple black people who went to college in predominantly white states or cities who have lost their mind. I lost my mind. Yeah, like I mean. Early 2018, I was literally like, you know, mental health, like, this, like, I needed help. Like, I really needed help at that point. And I just remember a point where I was at my breaking point and I wanted to cry. Like, it just felt like cry. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. Like, it was like I couldn't cry if I wanted to. Yikes. Um, yeah, right. Like so, you, you really imitating the, the area. <laughs> you literally. were a desert. Okay. Like, I could not cry if I wanted to. Um, and then. You know, I wish I could say, like, oh, and then I went and got the help I needed. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And then I, therapy. And then therapy. Nope, never happened. Um, just, you know, I kind of got out of it at mm-hmm. one point um, through some, some good work um, that was being done. Uh, but, yeah, and then after that, it was that same year that, you know, I had a very close family member. My cousin uh, took their own life. And, I mean, I was in D.C. at the time. And I just remember that took me over the edge mm-hmm. to the point where it was just like I can do anything but cry. I was crying every single day. I mean like So you need something to really just push you yeah, to like let those yeah. emotions cry. It literally just pushed me and what I realized was even though you know I was crying through this grieving, as time went on, it was like I was just crying from this, from that, from that. And it was just The floodgates open. It, the floodgates just open. And I realized that's what I needed. Um and I realize so many of us are really not crying. And I realize so many of us think that that's a badge of emotional strength yeah. and intelligence and, and being able to work through things. Especially um, as, like, black males, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, we're told, like, from baby, stop crying. Stop being a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? And um, I was a cancer as a kid. I was a crybaby Oh, baby, you were meant to cry. I was meant to cry, right? <laughs> but I kept being told, stop being a little bitch. So I, I stopped being a little bitch. Right. Which um, is so unfortunate. You know, it happens like that. And... Um, but you know, here we are. We right. that's why we do the work. <laughs> right. So when you are doing that series of photos, like, what are you thinking about? Like, what what are some key components that you okay? I need to make sure I hit these marks. So making it work. Um, because it's a celebration of crying. Um, I really always every single photo is vibrant. Yeah. Um, it is colorful. It is vibrant because that's what I want to convey through crying. Because I thought it was just. I feel like I came into color through my grieving process and my um, beautiful my crying because I just I was unlocking parts of myself. So I really wanted to make sure that you know that conveyed that they were striking to the eye something that was just beautiful that you wanted to look at, right. even though it was based on tears. The tears themselves, um, you know, it was glitter, bright glitter. It was pearls. It's gold leaf. Because um, was was it pearls on Brianna or was it flowers? Flowers was on Brianna. Pearls okay. was on super cool wicked. Uh, okay. And I think okay, the the, the ones you took of Super Cool Wicked and her partner Darius, I was like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so like as as a photographer, I enjoy when photographs are tender, mm-hmm. um, and like while it's so lush in color and texture, the image, 
it's just really beautiful and soft. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that he's, like, caressing her, like, her laying back. I, I, oh, Jesus. When I saw that photo, it was actually in the wallpaper on my phone for, like, a month. Really? Oh. Yeah. Because I was like, I was like, they fucking did this shit. <laughs> um, but no, like, I, I, I love that you're, you look, you're looking at it as a celebration of crying or a celebration of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's all vulnerability. Yeah. And I interview every single subject has a full interview. Okay. Um, about their experience with vulnerability in their life. So, I have one more picture to do with the series, okay. which is a self-portrait. Um, okay. So, I'll be finishing that up. So, how do you feel about doing self-portraits? Like, is this something um, weird for you for it to be more vulnerable? I mean, because you've done some self-portraits that aren't super vulnerable. They're very beautiful, but they're not vulnerable. So, like, how does it feel for you to do vulnerable self-portraits? Um, it feels exciting, okay. I guess. Um, it, it feels exciting anytime I do any, any stuff like this at this point, just because... You know, I feel like I've talked with you about this, the way that everything has moved so fast mm-hmm. for me. Um, you know, this version of myself two years ago couldn't imagine taking a self-portrait and right. putting it up. Um, so, it, I don't know. It's just it's just really exciting. It's really something that I want to get right, and I want to make sure that... I want to make sure that I'm not trying to present anything. I guess that's been my struggle with it. So, I ha- I've had the whole concept mm-hmm. for literally months. I right. Mean, Actually, at this point, we're probably coming up on a year, and I just haven't shot it yet, mm-hmm. um, because I'm just trying to make sure that um, it's really like a good representation, and it's also wrapping up the series itself. Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping it comes along. Um, I hope it wraps up the series well, and I just kind of feel done with it. That's mm-hmm. what I because I because I haven't felt done with it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a rolling series. Like it started in August of 2019. So this has already been over a year. Then. Yeah, it's been over a year. It's just been like I've just been kind of rolling with it, which I love. Um, that I've just been taking my time with it. Nice. Um, I feel blessed to be able to do that. Really. Yeah. So how many photos is it as of right now? The series. Um. Let's see. One, two. I want to say six. Okay, so it's a small series. Yeah, it's a small series. Okay. It's, just, it's just a couple photos. Um, and that's why I feel so blessed because, you know, photography these days, people are... Pumping them out. Pumping them out. I was like, girl, how? Child, like, what is going on? Like, people are pumping them out. But, um, you know, to be able to just have something where I just feel like, okay, I can just take my time with this and... You know, I've gotten things from it. You know, I've had one of the pictures was, you know, in a magazine, Mm -hmm. um, which was, you know, my first print mag, which was great um, out in L.A. Uh, The picture of D'Lo with the glasses, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that... That went viral recently? Yeah, it just went viral recently. And so much has, you know, some of it can't like speak. Is that that partially the reason you have to go home this week? (laughs) Parts of of the reason I'm going home this week because that brought a lot. Um, Beautiful. It brought a lot. So to have been able to take literally over what's going to end up being, you know, probably like 14 months with the series, but have such like, it's not even over yet. And it's brought me, you know, so much. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes me feel like I don't have to rush. Right. Even though I want to start grinding and putting out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells me like, okay, just make sure you're being intentional. Cause it's the intention. That- yeah. I definitely, um, that goes back to that, what that the Solange phrase do everything with intention exactly. from I see from when I get home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you speak about um, you record interviews like conversations with the people that you photograph for the series. Mm-hmm. What happens with it? Like what happens with the audio? Like do you like so? Let's say you are offered an exhibition. Will the audio from that conversation go with the images? Absolutely. So okay. what's gonna as soon as I finish the series, take that self portrait. 
Um, it's all going to go on my website and all the audio is going to be like available and, you know, I'm going to clip and cut and cut out certain parts and attach them to the images so that Mm -hmm. you can, you know, go, you can look at the image or you can, you know, just, I want to have it so you can just click on the image, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the interview kind of starts. Um, and yeah, I want to, I want that to be available. And I loved all the interviews I did with people. Um, you know, they were amazingly honest and open. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to put it out. I, I, so, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact. So, something I'm realizing with artists, interestingly, Detroit artists who work around conversations of vulnerability or, like, ways of healing, a lot of us are record are doing audio recordings, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I've done it with a series I did called Black Boy Color. You're doing it with this project. And then there's mm-hmm. another um, painter... There's a painter here in Detroit, Gisela McDonald, who like paints um, um, survivors of abuse, of um, domestic or sexual abuse, and then she also interviews the people. So like, she has this thing where like, when if someone purchases the painting, they have to also take the audio, mm. and they have to also listen to the audio before they receive the painting. Mm. And it's just like I think it's important that um, people. Like, people who are consuming the work have to sit with it, have to actually digest yeah. what they're collecting, right? Um, I don't know, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just always here for vulnerable shit. Um, I mean, that's that's what's important is really, under, especially when we're talking about vulnerability. And mm-hmm. another reason I do the interviews is because when we talk about even taking the picture itself, mm-hmm. I'm projecting anything I am into the picture. Right. I'm the artist, I'm taking that, but... With photography, there's a model involved as well. So anything that they feel, any their life, their experiences, they're projecting through this photo as well. And right. we kind of have to work together through that. So I feel like the interview is just important to give context to um, my view, right, as well as theirs. Um, right. And you know, I went to journalism school, so every so uh, storytelling is embedded. Storytelling is everything, <laughs> and that's what um I've been telling people. I was like, you know, I was confused going to journalism school because I was like, I'm a storyteller, um, but I think I was looking at it a little too mechanically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yeah, journalism. No, that's so funny because I started off in college as a journalism major and mm-hmm. realized I'd rather tell stories than be a journalist, which exactly. is why I switched out. I'm exactly. like, I can't do this. And I was confused by that. I yeah. was like, I want to tell stories. I want to make an impact. I want to be this. And I thought that meant being a CNN anchor. But mm-hmm. really, I'm like, okay, I can do literally all of that through my art. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I really, but I love the broadcast journalism experience as well. I think yeah. I gained a lot from it. Yeah, because it, it, it's helping you. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it helps you build language mm-hmm. around the work that you're making. Um, so, a few days ago... I was on Instagram being this being the nosy bitch that I am. Mm-hmm. And you okay, the thing is I think you posted snippets of these photos a few months back. Mm-hmm. And I was and I didn't respond then because I was just like, bitch, this is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, it was just literally just like the warm hue and like all of these clashing patterns. Mm-hmm. And then you posted an image, and it was of a Detroit artist, think he's a rapper, he raps. Yeah, he does a lot. Chris. Chris does everything. Yeah. <laughs> but you finally posted the full image, and I think, like, I don't know what time it was I called you. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know if it was yeah. hella early or hella late. I think it was hella late. Okay, <laughs> might have been like once we got yeah, in the morning. I was like, bitch, you did that. <laughs> so, what was that? Like, what um, was, is that a part of something? Was that just some, some one off stuff? So, I mean, that was, um, it's literally. I'm glad you love the image. I love it as well. It's one of my favorites. Um. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. I mean, okay. So, we're talking, like, 
we are again going back to the vulnerability part. We always talk about vulnerability, right? And I feel like a lot of times black men have a hard time breaking past their vulnerability because they are we're we're, we're conditioned mm-hmm. to be very masculine, right? Yeah. And like the gesture that Chris is holding is like he's sucking his stomach in and puffing out his chest. He's mm-hmm. wearing like traditional boxing mm-hmm. boxing boxers, right? Boxing shorts because he's not he's wearing boxing shorts now, not underwear. Mm-hmm. But I saw the image and I was like. Yo, and I think the first thing I told you was like look into an artist, and I told you look into um, Carl Van Vechten. Yep. For those who don't know who Carl Van Vechten is, he's a photographer um, who he's he was actually I think he's actually a writer. I think he's actually a journalist. I could be wrong, but I do know writing was a part of his part of his lineage. However, he was a photographer during the Harlem Renaissance era, and he photographed a lot of the the black cultural creators of that time in Harlem. So like. Gorgeous photos of um, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, Billie Holiday, mm-hmm. Alvin Ailey, um, James Baldwin, um, and the list goes on. I I put him in the same category that I would put James Van Der Zee and Rode Carrava. Like these are the three um, photographers of that era who photographed in that space, who really just like they documented that that very pivotal time in blackness. So when I saw the image, I think that was the first thing that came to me. It was like mm-hmm. all of that. Like all like this this history of black photography, black studio photography, and I know that both of us do. Both of us we right. fuck with studio Different photography. Studio, like, right. <laughs> I I I'm like pushing myself to do environmental stuff, and it's taken me a year to get to like mm-hmm. the first five photos of this project I'm working on. Right. right. Um, I was I just took over, but <laughs> like thinking about that photo, I was just like, whoa. So again, I'm asked, um, what is that? What what is that? What's going on? So. <laughs> That was actually really fun because what that is is the start of the BYOB series. Okay. Um, and so what that is is bring your own background. Uh, so that's something I really want to explore. Not only um, in LA, I want to do that all over the place, mm-hmm. but really it's about um, just spending a day with the subject, mm-hmm. going and getting a background with them. So, you know, in LA, we're blessed there to have... To have, you know, the fashion district and everything. So, you know, you can go and just go on a block and there's 10 fabric stores where everything is under $2 a yard. Um, it's like $20 for a yard of bullshit here at Joanne's Exactly. Fabric. <laughs> so it's just it's just one of those things where it was just, we could literally just get in the car, go downtown. And he said, hey, this is what I have. What can we make? And we took the clothes he had. We went downtown and just, you know, hung out, matched stuff to like patterns and this and that and said, Let's see what happens. Right. I took it back to my place, um, to my like studio room, uh, and just like made it happen. And it's really about just like spending time with someone um, and creating with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have a say in the pattern because again, when I talk about what they are, is projecting into the photo itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I like the fact that they can be involved and pick the pattern out themselves because that's that's coming through them. Um, and there's actually more photos from that. So we have, like, two other backgrounds from that whole nice. series. Um, so it just becomes this um, collaborative project. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a collaborative project that's that's naturally on a whim. Gotcha. Um, that's, like, naturally unplanned, which is my favorite stuff to do. Really. I think that's lit, right? Because now we're talking about a, a second project of yours in mm-hmm. which collaboration is a key point. Mm-hmm. Um, is was, like, when, when, when brainstorming this work, is collaboration... A in the forefront, or is it just like, oh, well, it's there, but I'm not really thinking about so it. So that's now it is in the forefront. Okay. Um, and that's something I'm learning about myself. Like I'm very much like a loner. I love being alone. I love doing stuff alone. Child, like, 
it's 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 like in me like i'm mm-hmm. the type of person i will be in my room all day but what i'm learning about myself is that i do thrive off of collaboration so it's about kind of finding that balance mm-hmm. um so that's a reason that i'm doing the byob series because i'm like i just want to collaborate with people right. um and you know not have it be this giant stressful project where it's this and that we have all these moving parts but it's literally just two creative minds coming together and saying you know what can we make today um, just keep it fun, you know. Yeah. Like, I always want to keep. I always want to make sure this is still fun and genu- genuine mm-hmm. um, for me. So yeah, it's just um, I'm I'm definitely open to collaborating more now. That's all pretty much I want to do. Like with Teeny stuff like that. Yeah. Like it was it's it's really coming up to me uh, like in the forefront. Like you said, where it's like, oh, you need you need people. What did Ari Lennox say? You need people. Like, <laughs> oh, like uh, at the end of New, new Apartment. Yeah, she's, she's like. like literally like i need that's what that is literally where i'm at i just spent like a past year alone just like you know in la gallivanting around right um and i'm just like okay um well i'm not gonna take pictures of myself so let's let's <laughs> you know what and i think i love it i love that you instantly went to i'm not going to take pictures of myself because i instantly went to let me take these damn self-portraits because <laughs> it was just like i couldn't find i want to take pictures everyone was like no i'm busy are you paying me bitch no i'm not paying you <laughs> like i'll give you the photos like i'm i don't have the money to pay you like Luckily, people are. I'm glad that people are open to collaborate. Yeah. Because, you know, even, um, you know, like this past weekend where we went up to, we went up north, like a group of artists and everything. And it was just like one of those things where it's good to just be around creative energy. Yeah. Um, it's always just. And who, who was out there? It was yourself, Cam Spacely, Super um, Cool Wicked, Darius Faber, uh, Asia, um, oh. Shay, oh. Paige. Um, I don't know their last names. Oh, it's only um, the crew. Like Shay Page, um, Elizabeth. Okay, um, and I know um Jimmy, I forget her name. Tay and um Leah. Leah, that's something about because Leah's yep. the person who started Kendrick, Kendrick Music Festival. Right, so if you recognize any of those names that was those all those people are just Yeah, they're all incredible. Incredibly talented. Um, like, I spent a lot of time with, with Cam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um He's a lot to do with energy wise. He like, is. He gets to talk about music. And he just like rambles, and it's so beautiful to see how passionate Listen, he is about it. We woke up at probably eight a.m. Saturday, and when I tell you, Cam just started playing music, and we danced like to sweat <laughs> for two <laughs> and a that. half hours. Like as soon as we woke up, we are just dancing, dancing. I mean, he's just incredible. It was such good energy. Like danced our asses off, and then just made breakfast and sat there. You know, it's like one of those things. Uh, yeah, that that was that was a time, but that's what I'm talking about with like yeah. collaboration, where it's just people coming together and just being genuine with each other. I'm hoping. Like, did you have a camera when you was up there? Oh, girl, you know I got. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now, bitch. You better have some good ass pictures. I got some pictures. <laughs> I have some video. Like it is um, because okay, so another thing that's coming from that that was actually so me and Super um, are working on Camp Space. Oh, I remember we talked about this. Yes, yeah. so Camp Space is, we're starting, we want a, basically it's like a immersion program uh, for Detroit youth, so that includes like high schoolers to like, you know, young adults, mm-hmm. essentially, but to get them out um, into like nature, into Michigan. Um, the original plan was to go to the UP, that didn't work and everything. But That's like, far. That's very far. <laughs> the original weekend we were like, let's go, like, um, it was a cold snap, it was cold, and it was originally supposed to be like actual tent camping. Mm. Um, not like an Airbnb, like how we were in. I don't know about no tents. Listen, and because every that's what every nigga said. My, that's what, the, and the thing is, 
Listen, I've done 10 camp people. My back at almost 30 Child, on the ground. Listen, see, here's the thing. Here's what I tell you about niggas and white people. Niggas, <laughs> niggas go camping with no fucking equipment and be like, this shit sucks. Like, yeah, nigga, you brought a sheet. You brought a, a you brought a, you brought a in a thirty dollar tent. In a thirty dollar tent, like come on now. So this is what it's also about. Um, luckily, we got a sponsorship from Moose Jaw. Oh, yeah. So we have equipment from Moose Jaw. Go on, Camelback. Yes. yes. So, um, so that's what it's about. Because you know, even when black people want to enter that space, um, because good child, let me go into camp space because <laughs> because I need to talk about it. Because when we talk about Detroit, mm-hmm. when we talk about the history of what Detroit is. Um, on what black people in Detroit is. It starts at the Great Migration. Right. It starts with an expansion of space for black people in America. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the history of Detroit, um, <clears throat> its rise and decline, that is an entire story about space, about a restriction of space, about destruction of space. Um, you talk about today, they're still trying to keep us out of like regional transit, this, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. It's all about been restricting black people's space. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Detroit's story is the expansion. We're the Motor City. We have the first highways. So it's this weird dichotomy where Detroit is about expansion of space, yet mm-hmm. the black people who make the city have been restricted to the city the entire time. Yes, to the city. So this is a reparations project, in my view. I, I stand. Okay. I stand. Um, this is a reparations project. Um, it's about it's about art, of course, but it's also about spiritual healing. It's about land recognition. We want black people to understand what land they're on. So you know the native people who you know the tribes we don't understand everything on that end but we also want to understand what are the natural resources here that you know we can utilize mm-hmm. um it's also about um political activism it's about we call it uh like just self-confidence so the political activism goes into that um but yeah we just want to take kids um kids young adults we want to take them up into nature and we want to spend a couple days literally just making art um and resting, it's joy practice, it's meditation. I think it's, that's so important. It's, it's important. Yeah. It's 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 amazing, and you know we shared it with a lot of people, and obviously Moose Jaw loved the idea, and they gave us you know literally like probably thousands of dollars worth of equipment. I, I mean, love that. we have all a whole bunch of Camelback backpacks, uh, like yoga mats, this this that and the other. They, yeah, they blessed us really. Um, so. Yeah, we're gonna take the footage and everything um, that I, and content that we got from this weekend. Um, and we're going to put it into basically like a, just a little like promo video, you know, mm-hmm. nothing big, like two minutes um, just to really get it down packed and send it out. And, you know, we're going to get that money. We're <laughs> going to get the grant money. We're I, gonna, think that's like, just, I, 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 <laughs> I love that so much because, like, again, I've been doing work with environmental and thinking about space and land and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the importance of land to black bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about how the land can can actually connect us closer to our ancestors exactly. and to our history. Like, me and um, a friend, um, her name is Ifayomi, we've been doing a lot of um, family um, archiving, like, learning about our lineage. So we both took a DNA test, we're both building our family trees, child. I got to a point where I was like, okay, we got to to 1860s, I'm going to stop right here because I don't want to see who the white people are in my mm-hmm. blood. I, I, I know, me personally, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. However, she's consistently digging. Like, she done, like, downloaded her raw DNA test and, like, and went so to important. everything else. And I think it is. I, I, I just, I don't know. It's just, like, now that you're thinking about land as reparations and, and ways to bring black youth in Detroit into that, because so many... Like, I remember growing up, and I, I used to go camping a lot when I was a kid. My mm-hmm. mom used to want to get rid of me in the summer. So, I'd be gone for two, three weeks Maybe. to, like, Christian camp or, like, <laughs> I'm grown, the biggest little sister. Like, hey, How'd I'm I go? to sing about Jesus. Yeah, and my nails works. are painted with, like, clear iridescent painted up polish. Granted, blue right now. Um, 
And I, I always come back and my friends say, oh, where are you? I was always camping. Camping? Black people don't go black camping. Don't go camping? No, black people don't know camping because that's the thing. It makes no sense. I mean, and that's what it. It's. It really started because, um, you know, you can't look for peace. You cannot find peace for yourself until you know it. Right. First. Until right. you know, you have to find peace first to know it. Right. I think, and I think that's what really drives people um, to hold on to peace. Is because once you find it, you're not going to let it go. Definitely. Um, and so when you spent your the majority of your entire life you know, in Metro Detroit, or, you know, as many, you, you'd be surprised how many people just have not left the city of Detroit, you know, in high school. Like, I know a lot of people. Yeah, I, I mean, we know people who, from the east side, refuse to pass Woodward or 8 Mile. Listen, so. of course, because the tags are bad. Like, we're not playing. <laughs> Listen, like, Child, that's all of my cousins. None of my cousins will come to my mom, who visit my mom. My mom was Listen, the elder of the I family. Know. They're like, uh-uh, auntie, my tag's bad. Like, Y'all pay all them. Y'all Listen, stop to get your tags. Niggas ain't crossing eight miles, so I figured, okay, let's rent some cars with good tags. <laughs> Take them out. <laughs> really, like, if, if you've never left this city, um, you know, this is loud. Like, this is yeah. there's so much going on yeah. in an urban city, and you think about this type of schools that we have our kids in here. You think about there is not peace here yeah. um, in the way that I think people need to experience peace. So. I really want it to be transformative in the way that I want them to go up there and I want them to really find peace mm. because I know for me the first time I went to the UP that was the first time I understood I've never been peace. to the UP. Man. And you cussed me out on Twitter once about me needing to get the fuck out the house and go get into some nature. You do like cuz I just it was the first <laughs> time and of course I went with my white friend because the they know. They know where to go. <laughs> they know they know they know what's happening. Um but I went up there and it was just like, holy shit. And I feel like from that moment on, I understood peace on a level where I was like, I need to chase this. And that's how I got mm. so into nature that like, you know, I went to Arizona. I talked shit about Arizona earlier, but the most gorgeous nature. I know, it's beautiful. Beautiful. And I could find my peace in that nature. I mean, I was a little manic, like doing like 2 a.m. hikes and like mountain ranges. But, you know, I had it. You know, I had, I could, I could find myself there and I could ground myself there. So I really just want people to have that experience and be able to find that because I think that sent my per- personally my life on a tr- on a better trajectory because I just understood what I wanted more which was like peace of mind right and I found that in nature yes. um, I think a lot of people will too but yeah so we're hoping that that is I just feel like with everything that you're doing you're not gonna be in LA too much longer I know you're coming back oh it's, it's <laughs> I give I it I honestly give it to probably summer next year so here's my thing. You may just be like, fuck it, I'm coming home. <laughs> I already know, because like, as much as I love LA, LA, I needed LA this past year. I uh-huh. needed it. I needed I needed a Put year to just, yeah, to just literally rest. It was like, it was, I could go to the beach, I could hike, I could do this, I could do that. Like, it was just a time where I just had fun. You know, I created some stuff. I met some cool, amazing people. Like, I made great friends in a year with a pandemic. So like, I just feel blessed to have experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been feeling, especially, I went to New York the other week and I was like, and I had the realization that, you know, as much as I love LA, it doesn't inspire me. The same that the Midwest inspires me, the same that the East Coast inspires mm-hmm. me. Um, I think I'm just... I think this is just more relatable, possibly. Um, so, yeah, I do see myself spending a lot more time um, in the city, especially next year. But, <laughs> you know, I could move to New York. You know, that's a quick little boop boop. That is. That's quick, like a, what, a one-hour tra- plane like ride? It's an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, it's like, like three hours from Chicago. Right. Like, so, it's, it's really nothing. So Quick little nap. <laughs> I, <laughs> you there. Exactly. Like, I, I yeah, you, you are not wrong. I will be here because... 
I have work to do here. <laughs> no, it's, and it's important and exciting work. So I am really excited to uh, just see the growth. Um, I'm always going to be here to be like, hey, bitch, so look at these four photographers. Um, like, when we're done doing recording, I'm definitely going to show you some photo books that I recently purchased. Um, I got Deanna Lawson's book. I have a John Edmonds book. I have I have a Harry Taylor book. And let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. So you've been important to me mm-hmm. because you've been somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Oh, like, <laughs> like you've been someone who actually, because I still, as much as, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm confident with my work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like it. But do I know what I'm talking about? Not as much as I'd like to, to be like completely honest. Yeah. Um, you know, like it kind of just, you know, like you said, like I, I just kind of fell into photography and loved it and like put my heart and soul into it. Yeah. But I had no curriculum behind it um nothing so that's kind of something that i'm coming into that's why i'm so grateful to you because you've always been that person to kind of have like a real grip um of of the practice like Mm -hmm. on a a larger scale so i want to say thank you thank you (laughs) okay so now we're at the part in the podcast where i so we used to do this thing called i stand Mm -hmm. which is what i would ask you what are three things that you currently are standing okay uh instead i'm gonna do top fives Okay. So, um, you've been home for a month. What are the f- top five moments that were just like, oh, I miss home for uh, you okay. last month? Well, definitely this weekend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just like, this is amazing. Um, cause, God, just Detroit black people. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just you're nothing you're like, like Detroit you're like black the people. most eclectic niggas. I know. Like, like, I can just imagine... <laughs> Super cool weekend waking up and be like, wake up, twerking on people. No, and Darius is like downstairs rolling a joint and painting. And Junie's probably next to Darius drawing. And I can just see like Asia and Tay in the corner writing music. Like I could, it feels like an artist colony. It was, <laughs> it feels it like was, a little black artist cult. Child. Child. It was, it was such, bad. It, it was, was bad and more, huh? It was, it was a crazy, incredible time. That I was stand. just. You know, it's one of those things I'm going to look back and I'm like, we made something here. Like, we're going to look back five years from now and realize what this started. Right. Like, because it's just like, this was, this was something. But, um, yeah, so this weekend, that was number one. Shooting with Teeny, that was super fun. I mean, because that was also just a group of really fun people. Yeah. Um, Fun black Detroit people. Fun black Detroit people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we just popping bottles, eating chicken, taking pictures. (laughs) I can't. Was it Hennessy? Girl, you know, we had some good Prosecco. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're being professional Detroit niggas. Oh, we're professional. We had, you know, we got our little Prosecco, little mimosa deal. I love it. Okay. Raspberry. So that was, that was cute. Um, ooh, what else was it? Honestly, I was being home with my family. Okay. There was a point where, you know, I was in like my dad's basement and it was just like classic dad side of the family, like shenanigans. And I just... I just missed it. The loud you know, cousins. Like, the loud cousins, auntie, <laughs> this and that. It's all so problematic. And you're mm-hmm. just like, you know, I love y'all problematic ass niggas. It's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, me and my dad's side of the family. Literally, too. like, I love, I love y'all niggas. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, so that's, what's that, number three? three. Oh, let's see. It's been a busy as... It has been a busy ass month. I still haven't taken myself to the cider mill. I realize. I'm really, gonna, I have to go tomorrow. So I'm glad I remember. Okay, myself. go to Franklin. It's the closest. They are new one, huh? I want to try a new one. Oh, so you've been to Franklin? Before. I've been to Franklin. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I've been to Franklin so far and Yates. 
I haven't seen Yates. So yeah, I might, Yates is fun. I might go try Yates. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, that wasn't a thing. That was just me thinking of something fun I want to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you see where my mind's right. at. Um, shit. Okay. One, two, three. God, I had so much. There's so much shit. I just want to make sure I say the right one. <laughs> it's been three weeks of absolute time foolery. Maybe this is why we kept oh, the three. Oh, oh my god, we threw an EBT party. Um, you were there. Yes, okay. Yes. 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 With Cam and, and Paul. With Cam and Paul. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I was talking that to was... my. I was to a friend of mine. I like my friends. I was like. I'm realizing the older I get, my friends are more bougie. I was like, who just like cooks a feast with like lamb chops and shrimp and mushroom alfredo and salmon just for niggas to hang out? Like, I'm used to my friends like, let's order pizza and smoke weed. And y'all like, no, let's, let's have a feast. A bitch with $350 to EBT. Come on. Thank you, Gretchen. <laughs> like, come on, bitch. Let me show you. <laughs> I knew I had that much EBT. She come in. Can I buy some EBT? I'm now you know my mom ran me for my EBT first. Oh, did she? She ran me for that shit. <laughs> so you came home. So you home. You paying for food? No, I got no because it had to be sent to Michigan, right? But like, I wasn't in Michigan at the time. Oh, okay. So I had her send it to. Her. I was like, you sent this shit to me. It's nothing on it. You don't. You don't ran up all. I don't know. I had to literally. Child, I had to wait a month. I had to wait a month. I said, I guess my allowance has been spent. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, no, that was a good ass time. Okay. Um, that was an amazing time. Um, oh, and then the birthday party you also were at. Super, oh, super cool Wiggins birthday party. Super cool that was great. Party. I that actually, was I did not want to leave that night when my stomach was killing me. So I was like, I want to go home. <laughs> that that was a funny time because that's also where I met like Cam and like. The, a lot of the people that were at this weekend, I met right. for the first time. Oh, yeah. so you're like the baby to the group. Yeah, you know Cam has met. That was Cam's first time meeting all of them as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're both y'all, so y'all, y'all the baby twins of the group. Yeah, like we just <laughs> like, you. and it's funny because we live in the same complex. We realized that we because I was talking to him earlier. I'm like, yeah, this is how I met you know Super and this and that and the other. And we're talking about we have the same timeline of meeting Super. Yeah, I don't remember how I met anybody. Like I met like early 2019 and this and that. We're like talking about how we all came into this group. Um, and we live right down the street from each other in Harbor Town. I like, love it. And we just never knew. I love it. Everyone, yeah. I feel like the people who who have common sense, we all live on the east side now. Because the east side makes sense. You know, the food is good. It's close to the major freeway. It's close to the river. Close it's, to the water. It's quieter. Like it's <laughs> There's just... no industrial plants off the water on like the west side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a new conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Not environmental racism, child. You know, look, <laughs> part two of I, like, podcast. I, I, I kid you not. I think about, when I think about the um, southwest of Detroit, I think about Latour B. Frazier and how she talks about the steel mills and how the steel mills are the reason why so many black bodies in her, her city mm-hmm. have like cancers and, and, this and is, breathing problems. And, and I think about the people who live over there also have cancers and, and like leukemia and all of these problems and it's coming from all of the fucking steel mills or refineries that are over there. And Hold they, on the they, they confined <laughs> us to these fucking areas yeah. and poisoned the poisoned areas us. and that's why we just we gotta go. We gotta do it's that horrible. camp space. And yeah. that was another part of this weekend. One more. They... The Trump signs were rampant, probably rampant. I mean, and they had some creative ones. I was impressed. They had some. Our governor is an idiot. Pure Michigan, like da da da. I'm like, child, she saved our lives. Like, what are you talking? And about? now y'all trying to kidnap her. Anyways. Trying to kidnap her. It really showed you. It was like, oh my god, like these niggas are really upset. But in spite of all of that, it was just twelve niggas like having, having 
unbridled you know, joy in their space. The one in thing, the space that they they think is theirs. The, I guess the, the one thing I do look forward to whenever I do go camping is being able to look up and see stars. Because mm-hmm. you don't see stars in the city due mm-hmm. to light, light pollution. Thank you to the fucking, um, what is it, Ford Field with a bright-ass purple light that never turns the fuck off. <laughs> um, I think a few nights ago I looked up and I was like, oh, I saw a star and it was actually a, a planet. And I was like, yes. I think Mars is, is mm-hmm. visible or Mercury on this end. Um, but yeah, that's important, and it gives you context. Like I, I, I thought of Camp Space when I went to a dark sky park in Colorado. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, because that's where you know there's no light pollution. You see how stars really should be in the world. Mm. Um, and it's like you could reach out and touch them. It just gave you so much context for like how small, and it made you feel small and big at the same time. Almost, yeah. it was like we are really on that fucking planet. <laughs> Like, we are really in this bitch. We think we matter. Like, 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 we are in space, bitch. Like, I was just looking around like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you can see every satellite in the sky moving. There was a comet that comes around every, like, I guess a hundred something years that that just happened to be there when we were there and I was just thinking I'm like this it's it's seeing things like that that just expand people's worldview and you have yeah. to expand people's worldview for them to like you know move like right. it's like if you don't know what's out there you can't go towards it right um yeah I'm just that I, I, I'll talk about it all day getting niggas in nature I will talk about it literally I all love day. it I'm here for it <laughs> alright so Ian thank you so much being a guest on Contemporary the Podcast. Thank you for having How me. How can people find you on social media? You can find me on social media, um, all my ads, so Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to be better at using Instagram. I <laughs> I realize I haven't posted since July. Um, I'm, a, but, I'm a photographer. I, I mean, like, I, I don't post none of my photos on, on Instagram, which is wild. But <laughs> it's just like, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But my Twitter, my Instagram is at um, the number one A N John. So it's kind of like Ian John, but instead of an I, it's the number one. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, you can find me through there. And my website, ianjsolomon.com. S O L O M O N. Again, thank you so much for being here. Um, to everyone else who's listening, thank you so much for checking us out. Um, I will see y'all in two weeks. All right, bye. But loud, mujer negra. May have waited too long.